0: Welcome to the Park Road podcast for March 25th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Hitting the Streets. Every parade takes an extraordinary amount of work to pull off. I'll start with the grandest of them all, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> For more than 80 years, the parade has drawn spect- spectators who line the streets and cheer on the participants. It currently sta- starts its 43-block trek at 77th and Central Park West, It travels south to Columbus Circle, it turns onto Central Park South and veers onto Sixth Avenue and ends in front of Macy's Herald Square. Covering two and a half miles, the three hour spectacle runs from nine in the morning until noon. The holiday event grew and grew over time from a small parade of floats and live animals organized by Macy's employees the majority of whom were immigrants, into a large-scale annual tradition. The parade showcases more than 8,000 participants and crowds of more than 3.5 million spectators cram Manhattan streets for a close-up view and another 50 million of us watch the parade on TV. It's in full force prep as I speak. And then there's the Rose Bowl Parade, AKA the Tournament of Roses Parade. Shortly after each year's parade is over, the next year's parade theme is announced and the parade sponsors and participating communities start to plan their floats for the following year. A theme draft meeting is held in mid-February where builders select their float theme. The tournament works to ensure that not too many Floats are similar. Each square, every square inch of the exposed surface of a float entered in the parade must be covered with flowers or other natural materials. Over 500,000 roses are used in the parade. And it is estimated that it takes 60 volunteers working 10 hours a day for 10 days to decorate one float. And then there's the every other year Thanksgiving morning that we've had to give up throughout our son's five-year marching band experience so that the Myers Park Marching Mustangs could parade through the streets of our queen city. And then there was the Clinton High School Homecoming Parade of 1983, where I had to secure a gold convertible Mercedes to ride on and wave as a football sponsor and a finalist for Miss CHS. I know, I did not win. And I only dated the quarterback for three weeks. Russ says it was just to ride in the parade. He was not the quarterback. But I'm pretty sure I digress. Everyone loves a parade. And on this Palm Sunday in Matthew's telling, Our passage ends with this. Remember, everybody loves a parade. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil. Asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The whole city was in turmoil. I just don't know how anyone can come to this particular Palm Sunday and not catch the ironic connection to our world today. Our nation's young people and their supporters were hitting the streets of our cities yesterday, chanting and waving their signs And in almost every case, these protesters were met with counter-protesters with a different message. The two triumphal entries collided in the city of Jerusalem, and there was turmoil. Maybe it's just because I'm engrossed in Holy Week right now, but I couldn't help but catch The similarities. The organization to set up these marches yesterday, while not taking as long as the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or the Rose Bowl Parade, but it was a bit more than just securing a donkey. Nevertheless, it was a massive effort. And then the procession begins and there's this feeling of excitement And solidarity, no matter which side you're on, no matter which entry you made, no matter whether you are the protester or the counter-protester, there is a feeling of solidarity and there is a feeling of rightness about what you are cheering. And what may look like turmoil in the camera's eye feels like camaraderie in the moment among the marchers. For they, no matter which side they're on, feel passionate, and often they are passionate because they are sparked by fear, afraid of what what might be if their chants are not heard, both sides, and they feel courageous for speaking their truth. And there's a cacophony of voices and dissonances in the air, and I am reminded of what it must have sounded like within the very last week of Jesus' life. Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Give us Barabbas, you keep Jesus prisoner. Jesus never tired. Of hitting the streets. As a matter of fact, it is hitting the streets with his message that got him killed. I am coming to believe that the marches and these uprisings, whether they are about Black Lives Matter or Me Too movements, or whether they are pro life and anti abortion marches, I think hitting the streets is one of the proper things to do to live out our faith. And I, for one, am grateful beyond measure to live in a country that was built not only to tolerate such a thing, but to encourage freedom of speech and conscience. It will not be the solution in and of itself. And some people will call it unnecessary turmoil. It's just hard to live through yesterday's march for our lives, proceeding a Palm Sunday text, knowing that the Last Supper awaits us on Maundy Thursday of this week, where the disciples will be given a new mandate, Maundy mandate, a new commandment about love, and then a Friday that will be called good, though it's the most horrible day of all. And then one week from today, we will be talking about resurrection good news. We are a fickle people. We are a hypocritical people. And I think Holy Week should be a comfort to us in some ways that what, in some ways that we feel like our day is a unique day Holy Week reminds us that this has been going on for over 2,000 years of people hitting the streets because they were led by one named Jesus, whose very life was given to the streets. Let us not forget that Jesus hit the streets on behalf of the marginalized, the poor, the women, the outcasts, the sick, the lame, the belittled, the bullied, And his message was consistent, love. So whatever you are chanting, whether it's in official protests or private conversations on email or social media or around the dinner table, whatever you are chanting has to be rooted in love. Do not ask me why. I chimed into a social media conversation this week about guns. I know better. It's no place for that conversation, but a good friend of mine from Greenville, South Carolina, posted his opinion. I thought I was being so wise. I just thought people would say, Amy, thank you for your wisdom. I just said, I agree with you. I just wish we could talk in ands rather than buts. I agree with you and I think this. You see how that works? But, I say this, negates what he just said. I agree with what you said and I think this. Three comments later by somebody I don't know (laughs) called me delusional. (laughs) I was so undone, I just, so my comment to him was, wow, delusional seems harsh. Thanks for the conversation, I think I'll stop now. Thinking I had let it go, I looked up delusional on my phone. (laughs) I am not delusional. But you see what happens? We are unable to talk and anymore. Jesus came into Jerusalem and there was a triumphal entry of celebration and he was killed for it. Not just for that moment for the whole but for the whole life that he had lived. If whatever you are chanting is not rooted in love you are not chanting the way Jesus chanted. I could not think of anything to say to that man in love. So I didn't say anything else. Your sign that you carry, whether it is a poster or whether it's written across your heart, it has to be bathed in love. But let us not forget that Jesus hit the streets for that triumphal entry that would lead to his persecution and death. He hit the streets that day because he had been hitting the streets his whole life long, sharing his redeeming message of love. It is so hard to live in a day when people that I love so radically disagree with me and with each other. We all come at it because we feel passion and we are afraid. These parades, these marches, these protests are one way that we all speak our truth. And it might get us killed. I got a text just before coming into worship from our friend Amy Butler, who is at the Riverside Church in the city of New York. They marched big yesterday. They got a tweet at them this morning at 7.06. i going to shoot up Riverside Church in a bit. Just try and stop me. Hail Hitler. The rest of it, the words are too vile for me to read to you. She asked us to pray for her, to pray for them. Following this way is difficult. And if you think it's not, you're not following. May it be so. Amen.